0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This has
1: been an amazing uh, 12 months uh, like nothing I've ever experienced in my career. Uh, But an amazing opportunity to make an impact on the world.
2: The COVID-19 vaccines were developed, tested, and granted emergency use authorization in record speed over the past year. It's truly been this remarkable feat of modern science. More than 3 million Americans receiving the vaccine each day from last Friday through Sunday. That's a three-day record. President Joe Biden promises that there will be enough doses to vaccinate every American adult by May. And to help meet that goal... COVID 19 vaccine manufacturers are ramping up production using some innovative technology to make sure our vaccine supply can keep up with demand. So, for today's podcast, I'm going to give you an exclusive look inside Pfizer's vaccine manufacturing plant in Michigan.
1: So, we have our hard hat on, we have our safety glasses, we'll put some gloves on.
2: But we need a special I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction.
1: So 60 million doses are surrounding us, hugging us right now. Imagine the impact that this uh, room will have, just the doses sitting here today, on U.S. citizens and patients around the world.
2: That's Mike McDermott. He's Pfizer's president of Global Supply. We met up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, for an exclusive tour of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine plant.
1: How many vials or doses could reasonably be produced here? We're producing uh, 13 million doses a week out of this facility. Uh, Just uh, a month ago, we were producing about 3 to 4 million. Uh, Now we're at 13 million doses, and by the middle of the year, we'll be able to double that again. So you're going to 100 million roughly a month then? Yeah. So a billion a year. Billion a year, Yep. So we'll go to 2 billion doses globally uh, this year uh, is our our stated uh, output uh, right now. When you go from 3 to 4 million a week to 13 million a week, what changed? Yeah, so this, uh, this program has been interesting. A year ago when we thought about the program, we expected it to be about 200 million doses. And as I sit today, it's two billion doses. So yeah, how do you do a 10X scale up? Yeah. Um, and it's really been through awesome technology, uh, taking the existing machines, getting more out of them, changing the flow of the product, process enhancements, digital tools, using computers to analyze our process to make improvements. I mean, it's just been across the board continuous improvement after continuous improvement. Ultimately, when you're getting to the billion doses a year, what changes? What will allow that to happen? The idea that most of this, at least the way that it all comes together, didn't exist a year ago. You had to sort of, sort of find all these puzzle pieces and put them together. Some of them, puzzle pieces you had to just build in the first place. The beauty of, and the amazing part about this program has been, particularly for this lipid nanoparticle, that we needed the, the rooms, the facilities, we needed the equipment, we needed the filters, we needed the lipids, we needed trained colleagues all coming together to make this brand new technology work. And to make it work at this scale is absolutely stunning.
2: Just goes to show you how much thought and planning goes into making a COVID-19 vaccine. And while Pfizer is working to get it done faster, they're still going to have to test for safety every step of the way
1: yeah I guess you know when you hear of like good manufacturing practices and people get these shots, and the expectation is that it's totally sterile that it's consistent uh, you that know, every dose is going to be the same. is that guarantee of that happening here yeah I mean you couldn't be more true and we know how important this product is, but we talk a lot about speed, but you can't have speed at the uh, risk of having an issue at a patient level so all of the testing that we do for this product is consistent with any of our products globally. We have to make sure we make that every single dose is right. And that team does that here every day. So you fill finish, it goes into the freezer for 30 days where it's sort of stabilized at that super cold temperature. Right. And then some representative samples are taken out, brought here, test for purity, test for the concentration of the mRNA, the efficacy, all of that. It Uh, takes
2: 30 days to do that testing?
1: All the testing process and paperwork takes about 30 days. Then it comes out of the freezer and shipped to patients. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha. On our tour of the plant, I saw the warehouse, the vaccine production area, and the freezer farm. That's where they store the vaccine doses at those ultra-cold temperatures while they're waiting to be tested.
1: So this is the the famous freezer farm. Uh, So... As an example, the the freezer in your home is minus 20 degrees C. So minus 20, this is a minus 80. We call ultra low temperature freezer. And that keeps the uh, vaccine in really prime condition uh, ready for it to be dosed. So we built this freezer farm to be able to store over 100 million doses. That gives us the ability to store the product while we're waiting for the product to be released through all its testing. Once the testing is complete, off to dosing centers in the U.S. and around the world. So so there's there's around 60 million doses sitting here right now. Yeah, that gives you goosebumps. I know a lot of people who'd like to get their hands on some of those doses. So these vials have just been filled in our sterile filling line and they need to get in there quickly. Got it. So this needs to be frozen from the time we start the sterile filling process. We have about 40 hours to make it, inspect it, package it, and get it in the freezer. Because again, we want that uh, mRNA to be nice and stable before it's shipped. So this is a full freezer load right now, 350,000 doses, ready to go inside of this freezer. So these are some of the the newest vaccines that you guys have just made. This is literally off the line.
2: (laughs) Don't break the vaccines. Yeah, 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 right? Please please stay away (laughs) from it. As we've talked about before on the podcast, the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines use mRNA to communicate a piece of genetic code to our body cells. This technology has never been used before in an authorized or approved vaccine. So that means new means of production had to be developed. For example, the mRNA is encased in lipids, which are fats that the body can digest. You need to take
1: uh, mRNA and put it inside of a lipid uh, nanoparticle or protective coating. So as that mRNA is flowing through your body, it will be protected until it reaches the cell. Once it reaches the cell, the lipids will release, and the mRNA will uh, be inserted into the cell where it gives the program to the cell to express proteins against the virus. But the question is, well, how do you make that? Right. So the, the heart of this whole machine is what's called an impingement jet mixer. Huh. And so we take uh, lipids, comes through one stream, mRNA comes through another stream, and about 400 pounds of pressure, they collide with each other, and a little tiny lipid nanoparticle is made and comes out the bottom. And that's done at a scale of you know, hundreds of millions of, uh, of doses uh, at a time. So the, the, the new part of this is the fact that you're doing it at scale. I mean, the idea of being able to essentially impregnate the, the genetic material inside a fat molecule, inside lipids, you already knew how to do that. Right? So the actual uh, production at a, at a laboratory scale on a clinical scale, absolutely. Uh, it existed. Uh, this is in itself is not a new technology to uh, make a lipid nanoparticle. Our challenge was how do you scale this up to make billions of doses a year? There's never been a, a commercial-scale mRNA uh, vaccine. So everything you see here is custom design. Started uh, uh, sketching with some engineers and scientists a year ago, and today this is in production uh, making uh, hundreds of millions of doses. will eventually make 2 billion doses this year. When you start to really scale it up like that, how confident were you that it was going to work? When we started this, actually the first time somebody showed me this impingement jet mixer, I said, you can't be serious. Like, how could you put billions of doses through here? So my confidence level was actually quite low. Not that it could be done. I knew it worked at this scale, but how could you multiply it?
2: Pfizer was the first company to distribute a COVID-19 vaccine in the United States after they got emergency use authorization from the FDA back in December. But even before they got the go ahead, they had already started production here in this plant.
1: So this entire room was built at risk before we were done with the clinical trial. Some big gambles. It's a big gamble, but the the, the reward was so obvious. And, and it wasn't a question of return on investment. So now I can ask you because you, you've you have the benefit of hindsight. But if you spend the half a billion dollars, Mike, how confident were you at the time that this was gonna work? There was a high likelihood of that the half a billion we spent in manufacturing between uh, capital new equipment and materials and hiring people would have uh, all been wasted at the end without a successful product. So that was a high probability. Pharmaceutical development, uh, the success rate uh, can be mixed. So yeah, we were prepared for that but we had huge confidence in MRI technology. We had huge confidence in our partnership, working on flu in the past, for the past three years. So we had confidence this program would work.
2: Not only did McDermott solve the puzzle to scale up Pfizer's production and help put the plant on track to manufacture billions of vaccine doses for the entire world, his life has now come full circle in a funny way.
1: You know, I I am reminded a bit of the whole moonshot, what did you think? Yeah, so the whole notion of a moonshot was exciting to me uh, because as a kid, my dad worked for NASA. He worked on the Apollo program, and he was lucky enough to be in mission control in uh, Houston when uh, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, right? That amazing moment.
2: That's one small step for man,
0: one
1: giant leap for mankind. And the day we shipped the first doses out of this site, it rushed over me like that was was my moment. That was our moonshot.
2: As Pfizer continues ramping up production and shipping out more and more vaccines, every day I am hopeful that it won't be long until everyone in the United States can get their shot and we get closer to putting this pandemic behind us. And we just got more good news from Pfizer and BioNTech this week. The companies say that new clinical trial results have shown that the efficacy of their COVID-19 vaccine is 100% and is well tolerated in kids between 12 and 15 years old. Now, this data hasn't yet been peer-reviewed, but they hope to submit the results to the FDA as soon as possible for expanded emergency use authorization. If you have any questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact vs. Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is executive producer. Zoe Saunders is the senior producer. This week's episodes were produced by Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Nathan Miller, Jordan Gaspure, and Zachary St. Louis. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Tommy Bazarian is our engineer. And David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Felicia Patinkin, Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio.